Former Howard Stern contributor Artie Lang sits in. Kirk declares war on the Menafans. And led by Blind Mike's example, they respond. Jerry Callahan makes a comeback. One of the new classics of sitcoms debuts. On the Family One. Okay. Bob Hart's Abishol with two, cheers three. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to put it number one yet. Kirk Menahan wants to know what you're doing. What are you doing right <laughs> what now? What are you doing right now? Finally, Steve Robinson tells stories that engage the crew. I'm just kidding. He kept driving the show into the ground. This is the Metafan Show Week in Review for the week ending September 27th, 2019. I'm DEC. Former Howard Stern Show sidekick Artie Lang phoned in on Friday. He talked about his time on the King of All Media show, his comedy and movie career, and problems with drugs. Kirk kicked off the interview with one of Lang's best-known scenes from the comedy dirty work, the Don Rickles scene. All right, before we get to any of the other stuff, and there's fucking five million things to talk to Artie about, we talked about this the other day on the podcast. Can you explain to me, like, what the direction was from Saget to Rickles in that scene? Because, like, in the context of the movie, it really it really makes no actual sense. I mean, it's a great well, scene. Uh, it's a great scene. All right. Well, there was no direction. Right. This, is, this is what happened. Uh I love Saget, but there was absolutely no way to direct Don Rickles. We made the mistake while the writers, Frankie and Sebastiano, who, you know, I wrote beer league with, Frankie's right. fucking genius, and uh, and Norm and this other amazing guy, Fred Wolf, uh, who wrote it, and I tried to help out a little bit. Uh, we made the mistake of trying to write Don Rickles' insults in a script, <laughs> and Rickles... Rickles is like a Sinatra guy. He doesn't right. he doesn't memorize the script. You know, he just goes. So me and Norm look fucking ridiculous in those movies. You right, know, right, right. Boy, uh, I look like an enormous ventriloquist dummy in the bow tie. <laughs> so we're like, let's let Don Rickles be Don Rickles. So Saget and and, and the powers of B figure said to Don, look, I'll just roll the cameras. Just look at Norm and Artie and insult them. Okay, so now you got to remember this. This is my first big movie, right? Right. right. It's 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 my first big scene in a big movie, and it's it, it's the first thing I'm doing. It's the first shot of the day on my first day of shooting. If you're gonna get fired from a big movie, it's gonna be that first so this is, week. So, is, so this is the first scene of of any movie, essentially big movie you've ever done. Is this scene? Ever. I've been right. on Mad TV for right. I've been on Mad TV for two years, but I had not done a movie yet. So this is okay. the first day yeah, yeah. I'm with Don Rickles and he's gonna insult me. Now I don't know what he's gonna say. So the cameras are rolling, MGM executives are there, the producer, <laughs> Bobby Simon, he takes a big deal. He produced all Sandler's movies. So Rickles just I mean Rickles just comes up to me with the camera rolling and looks at me and goes, Look at you, you baby gorilla. You baby gorilla. Why don't you work a zoo and stop bothering people? And then I just <laughs> I, I just lost it. I lost it 20 straight times. I said, I'm not going to. So we had to do it in pieces. I, I finally got through that. And then he, he starts talking to my stomach. He goes, have a fun time in there, ice cream. <laughs> Hello, ice cream. Having a good time. Running around. Uh, and then I lost it again. So so we somehow got through that. Then he has to insult Norm. Right. So in the movie, Norm's name is Mitch. Right. He goes up. Now, this actually got cut out because they couldn't use it. But he goes up to Norm in the movie and goes, 
How did you get a movie, Norm? How you got this movie, I'll never know. And they go, cut. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> you, can't insult, you can't insult him as Norm MacDonald. It won't work in the movie. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And then the next thing he says it, with the cameras rolling is, who wrote this script? It's terrible. Cut. You can't insult the script. <laughs> So what, it was. It was. A, it, it took twenty hours, but it was a blast. It what, was a blast. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I called your friend a fat pig. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I called your friend a fat pig. Huh? You think that's funny? <laughs> oh my god! That face that Rickles makes. It's so like great. That, like, They're down to five flips. Because <laughs> I called your friend a fat pig, and then he does. Then he does racial shit that would be Never. cut out of every movie right. now. Right. Every right. movie. Uh, he, he said, like, you know, I'm gonna, you're going to be taking tickets in Kuwait with everybody sucking sands. I'll see to it that you never work again and that you wind up tearing tickets off in Kuwait. Salam alaikum and everybody sucking sand. Lang was candid about his struggles with drugs and alcohol and states he's been clean for eight months. Menahan inquired to the comedian's finances, and Lang said that at the height of his stern fame, he was worth $14 million. Today, his net worth is $2 million, with most of that in real estate. Lang said he's been unfair in his criticism of Stern and was under the influence when he gave his jabs. With Menahan on Friday, Lang was contrite, stating, though Stern made comedy of Lang's substance abuse problems, off the air, he went above and beyond to get his sidekick help. We saw something on social media about you going back on Stern. Oh, is right. there anything to that or no? Well, what it is is uh, what I said on stage was uh, me and Howard are being, basically what I, meant, what I meant was me and Howard are being civil to each other in the press, which wasn't the case for a while. And when I, when, when I was still doing dope and I, I left the show, I said a lot of angry things on social media and the right. press just because I was bitter, but... Um, the point I want to make about Howard Stern is I loved him so much. He 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 uh, he he gave me the greatest job ever. And I, I, when he promoted his book, I was in a halfway house when his book came out in May. I was pumping gas at an Exxon station as part of the program. Right, I saw the I'm videos. Reading, yeah, I'm reading. Yeah, I'm reading his book, and I'm reading like interviews I did with the with the president of the United States. And some <laughs> guy pulls up and goes, "Hey, Max, fill it up with regular." Uh, <laughs> Uh, but but um, he was so nice to me in those interviews, and I detected some guilt that he had over what happened. He should feel no guilt. All Howard did was give me the best job a comedian's ever had, and, and made me a multimillionaire. And and also uh, tried to get me help. That's what the fans don't know. On the air, you know, it was a comedy. Show, it was a bit you know? right. So yeah, it, it, we had to get laughs off the air. Howard put me in rehab three separate times, maybe four. He, he told me, go get better. You can have your job. T take a year. Go to rehab. You'll come back. You have your job. What else do you want a boss to say? So I'm nice to him right now in the press. He's nice to me. I'm going to call him when I get the guts up to do it and hopefully have dinner with him. But uh, we're being nice to each other is the point. You know, I'd love to go back on there one day. My situation is different than yours. I was on EI for a while. The show did great. Really successful, number one. Yeah. And then I got, yeah. some, I got in some trouble. I said some shit they didn't like, and it was, and I left. <laughs> and, then, and then a lot of the guys that I was with on my old show were still there, and I'm not on the air, and you get so irrationally angry at those people. Yeah. It's not their fault. But you have to put your anger. Fault. You got to put your anger somewhere. So I mean, I I get it. Like, in especially if you're yeah. fucked up on top of it. Like, right. what are you going to do? Like, it's that's to me perfectly natural. Anger and cocaine is a bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. Unlike his previous interviews, Blind Mike was actually able to get some questions in and turn the interview in a positive direction. 
Lang said that though there were dangers in going back on the road to do stand-up comedy, he can't live without the adulation. You can see Artie Lang at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, October 18th and 19th, the Comedy Connection, November 14th and 15th in Providence, Rhode Island, and he tweeted on Friday that a Boston show is coming. Do I even want to dip my toe into this blind mic groupie thing? Kirk Menahan put a ban on further show involvement with a controversial fan, Rich Kelleher. And in this vacuum, a new type of crazy emerged. A new Twitter account, Blind Mike's Groupie, began making videos and a GoFundMe account so that she could go on a date with Blind Mike. No one in the Menafan universe believed she was doing this of her own volition, but they engaged her on Twitter and Discord as many Kirk fans are not familiar with lady parts. The Menafans who are supposed to be at work like ruining Greg Hill and fighting back against <laughs> NBC are just trying yeah, to talk to this to fucking fry. girl. So I don't usually yell at the Menafans much. Get your fucking heads out of your asses and start fighting. Stop fucking flirting with some girl who's being used <laughs> by some other Menafan. You yeah. fucking idiots. We're at war here. You said, ah, oh, you're so, yeah, you're kind of hot. Oh. Well, uh, you got nice tits. Oh. <laughs> Can you show them? The, like, what the fuck? This led Menahan to become enraged this week and declare war on his fan base. They're being hijacked by this fucking blind mic groupie. And it's, I think that's, mean, another, that's Take your fucking hands off your dick and start focusing on the bigger picture. That's another thing is that this woman should have been exposed by now. And I feel like they're not doing it. They're, no, because they're, they're playing footsie Because she her. flirts with them. That's why they right. make her feel like they feel make her feel like men. Then a hand was skeptical that his backers would answer the call, but they responded throughout the week, disrupting all forms of broadcast media and redeeming themselves. We have examples of this tomfoolery throughout the program. Kirk Menahan has stated one of his core values is loyalty above all else. On Monday's show, he played comments from WEEI's Rob Bradford complimenting the success of the Greg Hill Show. Menahan has stated he felt Bradford was not supportive enough after he forced was forced off WEEI's Kirk and Callahan show, and though they have reconciled, the relationship is not the same. Menahan has also stated that his issues with others are really his own and not theirs, as they still have a job to do. Still, he expressed irritation at Bradford's comments being more than polite. And Menahan tried to decipher Bradford's use of the English language, which is very difficult to do. Hey, hey congratulations, guys. Seriously, I haven't talked to you all. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, let's start at the beginning of the second year. Just in case you've never heard him. We should explain who Rob Bradford is. Well, explain. He's saying the word congratulations, too. (laughs) He struggles with, he's got six tongues. He's got a little, yeah. He struggles with the English language um, in the written and oral form. Uh, though he didn't struggle in the oral form here with Greg Hill. He is, <laughs> takes a nice fucking protein shake. The Kirk Minahan Show has adopted the new CBS program, Bob Hart's Abishola, as the signature show of the program. With the context that network TV has not changed in 30 years, and safe TV remains the norm. CBS would argue that Chuck Lorre, who produced this show, I mean, the guy who produced the show last night and wrote the pilot for it, he was credited as one of the writers, Chuck Lorre, for this Bob Hart's Abishola, has made CBS billions of dollars peddling yeah. shit television <laughs> to dummies all over America. So it's, for them, you're saying, why, you know, why, if Chuck Lorre says, I'm going to do a show where the guy from Mike and Molly and Yesteryear falls in love with a nurse. They're going to be like, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll get five years. They'll yeah. be on for five years, that show. The premise behind the show is that lead character, Bob, 
has a heart attack and falls in love with his much younger and much more attractive Nigerian nurse. I mean, think about taking the laughs out of the la- episode last night. That's a stalker. <laughs> like, it's a fucking horror film. I mean, really. Yeah. This creepy fat guy with a mustache peddling who's, socks. Who's running a yeah. sweatshop. Yeah, he's like, yeah, who's running a sweatshop. Robinson quiz Menahan on how much a spot ran for the pilot episode. How much do you think an advertisement costs on Bob Hart's Abishola? Like a 30-second spot. It's 2019. If you're, if you're G- GMC or Chevy, you're running a truck, truck commercial right, for Middle America. It's 2019. America. Mm-hmm. It's Chuck Lorre, though. CBS. Primetime. 830. 170,000. Wow, really? My way off? I, no, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't have it in front of me. What the fuck are you asking me that for? <laughs> I was just... <laughs> Let's go around the room. Turning to the debate over climate change, Swedish teen Greta Thunberg spoke at the UN on the dangers produced by greenhouse gases. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are uh, collapsing. This is bad. I don't like this at all. Mass extinction. <laughs> and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales. All you can talk about is Bob Hart's Abishola. <laughs> Robinson, who does not buy into the climate change debate, said a double standard would be applied if this was an autistic boy talking about an issue close to the political right. This is clearly, this is like a, a parents with like, it's like Macaulay Culkin's parents or something. Well, as someone tweeted out yesterday, imagine if it was a 16-year-old boy with Asperger's who was at the UN ranting about immigration. <laughs> what would the reaction be? I can't even imagine. Steve. <laughs> Give me a second. No, think, think Steve, about Steve, it. Steve, 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 <laughs> Steve, let me frame it in my mind for a second. Reacting to the autistic Swede's presentation, Fox News apologized for their contributor, Michael Knowles, stating that Thunberg was mentally ill. This led to an emotional response by guest Christopher Hahn. Do you want to hear the response for the guy with Knowles, the left winger? He, he might be somebody you'd be interested in talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the, goes, how, the how dare you guy. He, yeah, he goes, he goes, <laughs> saw, he goes right to yeah, 11. Good. Yeah. None of that matters because the climate hysteria movement is not about science. If it were about science, it would be led by scientists rather than by politicians and a mentally ill Swedish child who is being exploited by her parents and by the international left. You. So what you're seeing here is a political <laughs> like movement and a religious movement. Chris, you had a visceral reaction to that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's you're not even a grown into man and you're Go attacking ahead. a child. Shame on you. She's trying I'm to not, do I'm what she thinks the left is right. And by the way, now right, relax, skinny boy. <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast you get away and say whatever you want because nobody's listening you're on national television be a grown-up when you're talking about children she's trying to save the planet because your president oh, what does that even mean be a grown-up when you're change. talking about and children? kids need to take to the streets saying, don't to worry about shit on their kids, future I guess. you are despicable for talking to her about her like that and you should right, apologize book, book this book this guy yeah who is he what's his name he's a uh, progressive radio host yeah, yeah if they even fucking exist let's do it i like the cut of his jib. let's do it i like him <laughs> I like christopher hahn Christopher would, Hahn. Sounds like he would hate this show. Yes, yeah, reach out, like, reach out. Let's see he doesn't like people out. being made sport of. <laughs> How did his performance, Menahan has invited Hahn to be a guest on the show in the near future. Sticking to political news, producer Steve Robinson, who came out of the closet as a conservative in college, never misses an opportunity to share a right-wing take. Robinson insisted several times that Menahan had to listen to a fight between Fox News contributors Juan Williams and Greg Gutfield. 
he was sure this audio would be a hit on the show. Well, there's some interesting sound on uh, uh, just about this whole impeachment thing. Fox yesterday was doing a panel and Juan Williams accused the other panelists of getting talking points from the White House, which is obvious. Can I just say I want to talk about this fucking story? But I just I, the, their, Jesus Christ! Did I their reaction, their reaction to having been accused of using White House talking points was kind of interesting. They were outraged. Like uh, okay. just, I know you just said that. Your I thoughts? Did, did, <laughs> I just say again. I don't want to. You know what? Let's play you that. Want, you, want, you, want <laughs> you want some Mina Kimes? No, no. I want to hear this Juan Williams sound. I'm dying to hear about this fucking call to Ukraine. Well, yeah, accidentally, they didn't intend it, so I guess it was leaked. But uh, I think, you know, just listening here, I think, boy, those talking points, they've made the rounds because... The reality is, is... Wait, what does that mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. What does that mean? Are you, you saying that I got talking no, points, Juan? No, you might. You've got, you got to answer. you got to answer to the accusation. You're telling me I was told what to say about the White House? No, I'm saying they're all around. But here's the problem. You had a whole day to talk. You didn't have to go Let's get Katie in. At least she has... Okay, sorry. Time for lunch yet? Boy, you're kidding, Steve. Jesus. Wow. Why would we wait till now for that? I don't know if I sparked it or if your uh, words of encouragement sparked it, but there have been a shit ton of calls to radio stations. Responding to Menahan's ask to declare war on his enemies, Menafans responded far and wide, led by Blind Mike, interrupting a number of shows in the Boston area. Uh, David Framingham. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> What's up, guys? All aboard. First of all, my message—I have a message for Big Jim. Olaf. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That is—you're going deep with that one. All aboard, guys. All aboard never took off. <laughs> no, it didn't. I have a message for Big Jim. Hola, Big Jim. How are you, my friend? Hola. <laughs> all right. My main question is for Felger. Felger, why, why do you shoot your heroes? Why do I shoot my heroes? <laughs> shoot, shoot. What? The look on his what? face was so what? confused. What? I Sorry. never shot anybody. I can't hear you. Shoot your heroes. What do you mean, shoot my heroes? Well, you you mentioned uh, the, these people talking about the Globe yesterday. Obviously, you were talking about Minahan, but you wouldn't say his name. You love Barstool Sports. You love the Kirk Minahan show. Just say his name. You've actually sort of kind of lost me. I can't believe how old and confused Felger sounded during this. He sounds like Eddie fucking Andelman. What? He sounds like, you know, a 97. He sounds like Larry King. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, you were talking about the people that were talking about the Globe, and it was obvious you were talking about... The Kirk Minahan Show on BarstoolSports.com. Am I crazy? Okay. You got that plug in. Then Mike struck mud at night on WEEI. Uh, let's go to Dave in Framingham. Hi, Dave. <laughs> What's up, mud? I've been listening to you for a long time since I was a little kid, like 22, 23 years old. Uh, I'm seeing things really good. <laughs> a caller later phoned into the Felger and Maz show on Friday with a criticism of the Patriots draft history and a suggestion of someone from Maine. They had missed. Matt in Providence, what do you got for us on the Patriots? So, you know, obviously the Patriots have been neglecting the tight end position this year. <laughs> and that's and why I thought it was me. We all know Belichick wasn't going to go and take a first or a second round talent there. But there were so many guys out there that we could have had later in the draft. There's a stud out of Maine, Harlan Ackerson. I mean, that's just <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why are we moving on someone like this? It's, it's incredible. Okay, so... Ben Watson doesn't do it for you? We still going? It's not about a tight end. It's about the mismatch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Ackerson so is not the guy. I like Ackerson. Don't get me wrong. He's big. He's got a big frame. What's going on? <laughs> you are on. Are you running right now? What? Are you running right now? I'm using Portnoy's cell phone. <laughs> Martin and Lewis.
Rogers and Hammerstein, Danny Thomas and his glass coffee table, some of entertainment's best pairings, and another was reunited on Monday. It was the return of former WEEI morning host Jerry Callahan, who partnered with Menahan on the hugely successful Kirk and Callahan show. The crew discussed the brainstorming they've done on Callahan's future, including a Jerry solo show and a program with Menahan. Just how much Callahan is integrated could affect the current Kirk Menahan show. Say Jerry and I do Kirk and Callahan like as a one-off once a week for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. I think people want to hear that, right? Sure, I'd want to hear it. So let's say we drop that on a Wednesday. Does that affect the Kirk Minahan show numbers on that Wednesday? I don't see how it couldn't. Well, as and not only that, as you mentioned yesterday, what do you talk? Do you talk about the same thing? That's what I mean. We talk about the like. So I purposely would affect the quality of or the content of my show on that Wednesday to talk about with Jerry. Right. Well, and also, are we technically are we putting it out on the RSS feed? So are we going to put it like on the Kirk Minahan show subscription? If you're subscribed, are you going to get the Kirk and Callahan episode right. pushed? To is, you? is that a barstool show? Is there, am I going on? Exactly. Jerry? What could does that do me to go on Jerry's show? Right. If you're Barstool, you're thinking, so we're going to let you go on this show, affect our show and our revenue. Why would they do that? And not only that, your Barstool would be saying, well, people, if people want to hear Kirk and Jerry, why is it not under the Barstool right. umbrella when Kirk Minahan works here? <clears throat> so my, my, and we'll talk to Erica about this, I guess, or we won't, whatever, is that Kirk and Callahan would be a separate Barstool thing and Jerry can get money through advertising or whatever, however we do that. They could do his own podcast separately a couple days a week. The crew, joined by show mastermind Dave Cullinane, had a business lunch this week to plot out Callahan's next steps, and everybody agreed Menahan and Callahan act like a married couple. Well, you and Jerry are very much like an old married couple, as I'm sure I'm sure that's been pointed yes. out before. But yeah. you, so you show up a little later than us, and Jerry goes, What'd you get lost? Yeah. <laughs> and you go, you go, oh yeah, I took a wrong turn. He goes, I don't know how you took a wrong turn. I was waving at you. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, he goes, I saw you. I saw you take that wrong turn. And you finally snap, as I probably would have. You go, all right, Jerry, what do you want me to do? I, I, I got here. And then that's where I would have been like, ooh, Jesus. But Jerry just goes, I was waving you down. <laughs> Politics is close to both Callahan and producer Steve Robinson's heart. And despite resistance, Menahan's producer insisted on telling what he referred to as a funny story about former Vice President Joe Biden's son, Hunter. The more interesting, Let's hear more about Hunter Biden. No, the, go ahead. No, the, go more, ahead. the more interesting Hunter Biden story is he left a rental car somewhere in New Jersey and there was, a crack, there was a crack pipe in it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Just like, see, there you go. Wow. All right. The Greg Hill Show has consistently been a content provider for the Kirk Menahan Show since its July launch. Menahan enjoys hearing about the lead, a segment on the WEEI morning show that's supposed to set the dialogue for the city. In listening to the segment, Menahan discovered a trend. What else we got, Steve? (laughs) (laughs) New technology is appearing when it comes to when you book your flights. Japan Airlines is allowing you... Hold on, hold on. I haven't heard this yet. But the one thing I noticed, and somebody pointed this out to me, not Jerry, actually, is that any every time Danielle does it, Hillman will then re basically ask a question, just re-explaining everything mm-hmm. she just said. Right? What? That happens. Every, did it happen again today? What? To when you book your flights, Japan Airlines is allowing you to see where babies are on the plane seat map. 
oh. thus allowing you to avoid <laughs> oh. said babies. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. How would you avoid? There's a lot of people who can't stand flying with kids, like parents. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you can pick your seat now. There it is, and you can be there the it is. farthest yeah. away from children. There it is. Possible. He does it every time. He does it every time. <laughs> Another consistent tenant of the Kirk Menahan Show is bad radio. The crew focused their attention on the Kane Show and his request for people to phone in and report on what they were doing. And tell us what you got going on. 99338. Why up so early? What you doing? Just get done with the run? <laughs> Wait a Soul cycle, maybe? Hold this on. Is just, hold this hold is hold him on. asking for calls. Hold on. Hold on. This is him. This is a radio host just giving out a number and saying, tell me what you're doing presently? Yeah. Why don't we just call? Can we call a random number? We'll tell them we're on. I just want to see what they're doing right now. Call, call. This has always worked for us in the past. Just call whatever. <laughs> this got Menahan thinking, and the group decided to call a number of individuals to understand, what are you doing? All right, call Benenson. What, what, what are you doing oh, right now? Hello? Man? I'm, con- I'm con- contemplating death, Kirk. <laughs> I'm being thrown out of the Patriots <laughs> locker room. <laughs> Standing outside the beat writer's house. <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, what are you doing right now? Uh, what? What are you doing right now? I'm at work. Okay, thanks. I'll talk to you later, all right? <laughs> there you go. Done. Now, that one we might get a suit for. He's a big legal He's boss. not going to suit You'll reach out to him, Steve, right? You'll understand. You'll explain the whole bit. I'm at what? I'm at work. I think if you brought this to That was to a, a serious Benson voice. Yeah, you don't get that much. No. That's, uh, you know, when the tie is a little undone, Benson. Steve thought of somebody. Okay. Mr. Robinson. Hey, get your man. How's it going? You're live to tape with Kirk Minahan. That was <laughs> the worst. Oh, I am. What oh, are you, wow. What are you doing right now? Um, I, I'm show prepping. Okay. All perfect. right. Thanks. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. See you. Bye. See you. Okay. There you go. Jesus. That was fun. It was. Did he have his voice on though or no? Not really. Show prepping for us? Probably, like show yeah. prepping for like saving the world. Oh yes, <laughs> so, yeah. right. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Getro, man. I forgot. S- Steve in the car. You're out with Howie Carr. Here we go. Steve's ideas never work, but it's a little annoying. <laughs> What's up, Steve? Hey, you're talking to Kirk here. Who's this? Oh, oh, I am. What's up? Who is this? Who is this? What are you doing it's right me. now? What? I'm sitting in traffic. Who, Why are you saying who's this? You, you right, who me. is it? All right, thanks. It's Dave Cullinane. <laughs> oh, thanks. Goodbye. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What do I want to talk to him for? Your instincts suck. It was a busy week on the Kirk Menahan Show, and it was equally busy on the Menahan Show Week in Review for the week ending September 27th, 2019. For Blind Mike, MHB, and everybody at Blindside Pods, I'm DEC. It is currently twit. Uh, Jesus, Mary. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Good weekend.